Welcome to the Intentional Family Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Schmitz, joined by my husband and co-host, Mike Schmitz. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk about something today that has been coming up a lot in the last year or more, and especially again lately for me. We want to talk about what's really, truly crucial, what's indispensable and most important, or the buzzword, essential. (laughs) Let's just reclaim that word right now. Let's yeah, not let it's a COVID good, have it. <laughs> it is a good word. It's I a do great like word. That word. Yep. Yep. I I just laugh because I had to go to a mandatory school training this last Monday and I come and the title of the whole day practicum is The Essentials. And I kind of rolled my eyes going, Really? Did we have to pick that word? (laughs) But as Mike said, it it really is a great word because it helps us reflect and decide what is important. Yeah, and it reminds me of Essentialism by Greg McKeown, one of my favorite books. I think it's one of your favorite books too. And the cover is like this big squiggly line Mm -hmm. and it kind of indicates confusion. Mm Mm-hmm. But another version of that, which I really like is, you know, if you have your center and you're represented by a circle and you're pulled in all the different directions, you've got a whole bunch of little arrows like pointing out, but you in a bunch of different directions, but you don't go very far in any one direction. But when you know what's essential, and this is in the book, you have like the one arrow that's going in the one direction from the circle and it's a lot longer because you're able to make more more progress, you're able to go deeper, you're able to you know, make an impact when you know this is the thing that I'm supposed to be doing and you're able to cut out all the other stuff, which is really just distractions at that point. It's clutter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the synonyms I really liked about essentials, the essentials is life-giving mm. because I feel like that's just very powerful to think about what is essential is bringing life to you. Yeah. And that's a really good standard to have and to ask about every little thing, every big thing, is this bringing life to me? Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean we're not going to do anything hard, but is this really doing in my life what I need it to? Or is it just clutter? Is it just me trying to keep up with everything around me? You know, when you use the phrase bringing life, it occurs to me that like the natural order of things is that you do things that bring life into you and then you have life to give to other people. Mm -hmm. And the moment that you're not connecting to the things that bring you life, you have less to give out. And that's when your focus goes to, well, doesn't anybody care about me and what I'm feeling and what I'm going through? Mm -hmm. But a lot of times we sabotage ourselves because we get distracted by all the stuff that we think is what we need. It's going to rejuvenate us, but it really doesn't. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of if you go on a vacation and you come back feeling like you need a vacation. Yeah. Uh, it's That's a really good thing to go into if you're planning any sort of trip, even if it's a short one. What about this will be life-giving? And if it's not, if you can't answer that in a way that will help you, then question whether you're supposed to do it or not. Mm-hmm. And what you said is so true. We have to do stuff that's giving life because then we can give life to others, as you said. We have to have the inputs in our life be important 
to bringing us where we want to be, to filling us up so that we have something to give. If our life is so full of clutter and busyness and distraction and just anything, anything can get put in our life without us even consciously thinking about it, then there's so much that we have, we don't have much of anything positive to give out because it's just all clutter. Mm-hmm. Are you not going to gift someone clutter, are you? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that's kind of uh, interesting about this is if you want to have someone speak life into you, speak life into somebody else, you know, it's kind of a a positive cycle, but if you don't but until you make the first step there's a good chance that it's it's not going to happen mm-hmm. the people who do just step out and and do that sort of stuff that it stands out because that's not the normal uh that's not the norm in in today's culture but uh if you want to have friends you got to show yourself friendly right mm-hmm. so if you want people to speak life into you then speak life into somebody else mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes it's that person who will turn around and reciprocate sometimes it's not uh, and it just has a way of getting back around to you. So if you find yourself stuck and you're like, oh man, I wish this was happening in my life. Don't wait for it to happen to mm-hmm. you. Don't wait for somebody else to start mm-hmm. the cycle. You start it. Yeah, be that person. Yep. yep. A great verse that I use a lot. If um, I've worked with a lot of children actually where they may not have friends or whatever while it's um, teaching at school or anything. And I have to remind them that if you're not showing yourself friendly, then you're not going to have friends. Like you have to do something and you can't wait for the other person to take action because otherwise yeah. nothing's going to happen. And posting something on social media is not showing yourself friendly. <laughs> oh <my laughs> Even goodness. if it is a positive post, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about like real people, real yep. lives. Face-to-face connection. You know, it's interesting. I just got done reading this book, Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. And he talks in there about there's these four brain chemicals, which fire when you are in community with other people. You have endorphins and dopamine, which is kind of like the goal-oriented, you know, you did something and so you get a shot of dopamine and you feel good about what you just accomplished. Uh, it's also in the negative, like that's what you, that's what your brain fires when you're addicted and you take a drink, take a hit, you know, whatever. Uh, that is that, that craving, once you get it, like that fires dopamine in your brain. But there's two other chemicals which are much more long lasting, which are oxytocin and serotonin, which are the social chemicals. And if you study the neuroscience, those do not fire in any sort of digital format. (laughs) You have to be face to face. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) So you can't get those social, the benefit of those social chemicals via a a Zoom call. (laughs) Yeah. Those social chemicals, that reminds me of when you first have a baby. And we have close friends that just had a baby this morning. So I'm really reminded of this. And with our children, I did this where you do skin to skin when they're first born. They would put the baby right on my chest for like a good two hours and we would bond. And those chemicals, the oxytocin, serotonin, those are firing and it creates this lasting bond between mother and child. And that same principle is true for real authentic in-person face-to-face relationships yep absolutely it is invaluable yeah we are created social beings yes and you cannot fulfill your full potential if you are not 
in a community yep. like that. We've, and it has nothing to do with personality. Everyone needs nothing. It. Yeah, I'm an introvert. I would much prefer to just sit in the back and <laughs> tune in via live stream, but I can't do that. Nope. And I've noticed the benefits that come from presenting yourself to the the community that you've chosen to be associated with. That's that's the way we're wired. You're missing mm-hmm. out if you if you don't do it. But the thing is, you don't even realize you're missing out. Um, you you need until you experience it. Uh, the other thing here with like this whole idea of what's essential and the whole idea of paying it forward, you know, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, they have this 12 step program. The 12th step is literally to get somebody else to go through the 12 steps. So it's by helping somebody else mm-hmm. that you feel most fulfilled. And you may be in a spot where you're not thinking about helping somebody else reach their full potential right now. You may be super frustrated with your life and upset at the things that are going on, but the way to break that stuff off of you is to go help somebody else. Be the answer to somebody else's Mm -hmm. problem. Get your eyes off of what you're going through, and it's kind of amazing that the moment that you do that, how those things that kept you down, Mm -hmm. they're just gone. They're, They're broken off. Yeah. It always comes back to the golden rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Yep. Thing that most of us learned as young children. It really applies to pretty much almost every area. Mm-hmm. Switching gears a little bit, I wanted to share why this topic, why are we talking about this today? I was reminded a few years ago when I've been spending some time with some families at the beginning of the summer and the conversation, the questions have been asked about what are you doing this summer? Are your kids in any sports? What do you got going on? And I was able to share that actually about a few years ago, I think three summers ago, we decided not to sign up our children for any extracurriculars aside from a two-week swim camp so that they could be good swimmers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was for several reasons. First of which is the nine months of the school year. I am homeschooling the children and they're in one to two sports throughout the year, all of them, all the four boys. And then weekly music lessons for all four of them, plus ministry, we're very involved in our church, you know, and then you want to maintain relationships with friends and family. Mm -hmm. And so by the end of the school year, I just found myself going, just cringing at the thought of extracurriculars in the (laughs) summer. And that first year we did it, we were so glad. I... I especially needed that break, but the children needed that break. They got a good summer, solid two and a half, three months to wind down without all this extra stuff. And we've maintained that the last few years. And it's been really, really great. And even in last year, at a greater degree, that we've been able to make adjustments in this area, like our music lessons. We've talked Mm -hmm. about this a little bit before, but instead of spending three to four hours on a Monday night... At mm-hmm. physical in-person piano lessons, we were able to switch to virtual lessons with our Costa Rican, well, they're not Costa Rican, but our missionaries in Costa, in Costa Rica, Rica yeah. incredible musicians. Yep. So Mike actually takes guitar lessons and the boys take piano lessons. Yep. I'm learning a ton. Uh, to go back to a point that you made about taking a break in the summer, uh, I think maybe the expectation as parents is, well, I don't want my kids to miss out on on things. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be disappointed if I don't sign them up for whatever. Our kids were not disappointed. No. (laughs) They like taking a break from certain things. And there are certain things that we 
continue to do year round, like the music lessons, like you mentioned. And we have one son specifically this year who's like, can I take a break from music lessons? But we believe this is part of our identity. So mm-hmm. we're going to do this. All the other stuff, which is just the fun extra stuff that we can hit pause mm-hmm. on if we want to. Uh, but sports specifically, I want to call out that uh, our kids aren't old enough that like they're playing varsity basketball or anything like that. But also that's not the goal. We haven't succeeded as parents when our son makes the starting lineup for the basketball team mm-hmm. his senior year of high school. Yeah, And if you look at the schedules that a lot of these sports have, it's kind of built around that being the goal. Yeah. You know, they're in the weight room during the summer and they have all these practices and things. And mm-hmm. like, that's great. You got to practice. You got to develop your skills. You got to be excellent. Mm-hmm. But keep the main thing the main thing. Yeah. And if, you know, if basketball or whatever sport, I mean, I'm using basketball as an example, but soccer, tennis, gymnastics, mm-hmm. volleyball, whatever, if, if that is not what you think your life is going to be about, then don't put the rest of your life on pause just yeah. so you can do you know so to that during the, the summer just because that's what everybody else does yeah. and sometimes the schools will tell you like this is the program you're expected to be here we are i mean we're, we're not in that situation but also we're not in that situation probably because a long time ago we just said no nah, we're not gonna do it that way <laughs> we're yeah. gonna march to the beat of our own drum. Yeah. <laughs> and that has that comes back to comparison and that guilt of trying to keep up with what we see other people doing or yeah. like you mentioned they're going to miss out. Are they really going to miss out? Nope. If it's something that they absolutely are good at and love and want to grow in and you think it's a good fit for your child, that's different. But if it's simply that well, this other parent asked if I'd want to do this or we were going to do this big club program together. Well, really evaluate that Mm -hmm. in comparison to the rest of your family life before committing to something. Uh, I remember 20, 30 years ago (laughs) when I was doing the soccer during the summer, uh, I was decent at soccer and I had a whole bunch of friends who played in the the club league, the Mm -hmm. the United, it was Mm -hmm. called, the traveling team, Mm -hmm. basically. And they had practice a couple times a week and they were at tournaments every single weekend. weekend, A lot of times, right? Yes. And I remember it was a big deal when I was about 11 or 12 years old and all the the guys that I grew up playing with, they all joined this United team. They're like, hey, come on, you're you're good. We need you. You And we didn't do it. And for a while, I felt a little bit bad about it because all my friends are doing this other thing. And I saw like, cause this is all they were doing. They were getting really good. And I thought for a while, well, I guess I kind of closed the chapter on my soccer career. I'm going to go do something else now. And then years later, I get to high school. I haven't played soccer now in several years. And I try out for and make the varsity team because I'm looking for something to do. <laughs> so that that's just one example. But I think we tell ourselves these stories of like, oh, our kids are never going to get those opportunities mm-hmm. Yeah. If they don't go along with what everybody else is doing, and I can tell you from personal experience, that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. And this is something I really like to talk about because it's so important. And if we're feeding on social media and you're seeing what the other family down the street is doing or your or your sister's doing, et cetera, then you want to do everything. You want to... Mm-hmm. Or, 
maybe a close friend is like, hey, my kid wants to do this music program. Would you do it with me? <laughs> would they want? Would your child want to do it so they can do it together? And I, I said, well, I'll, I ask. Well, I'll have the conversation. And I had to get back to her a few days later and say, no, it's not for us. Now, if I didn't take the time and I just was like, oh, sure, that sounds fine, yep. I would have committed myself to nine months of another thing on a Friday. Yep. And it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have hit the mark. And here's the here's the problem from a productivity perspective. Past you is a real jerk. <laughs> Past you makes commitments for future you and doesn't really weigh the consequences of those commitments. Mm -hmm. And then future you has to show up every Friday for the next yep. nine months and you resent the, the fact that past you has mm -hmm. made this commitment for you and you just are waiting for a way out of the thing. Yeah. You know, and the best way out of it is just be careful going into it. And, yeah. You know, it's easier to say no at the beginning than yeah. it is when it gets to be too much and you're disappointing people because you're not showing up for stuff or even worse, you're disappointing yourself and your family because you're trying to juggle all these things that you're doing because you don't want to let down a friend who asked you to participate mm -hmm. in this thing. Yeah. I've had to learn the hard way way too many times by saying yes to something I should have said no to as a recovering people pleaser. For me to say no to something, I feel like I'm disappointing someone else. And I had to learn that's not the case and it's okay. Mm -hmm. And as I've practiced this and been able to truly look at what is most valuable, what is most important here, that has been so helpful. And I love what this says, pay careful attention to your own work for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Galatians 6, 4. Pay attention to your own life and what you're own doing. Don't worry what about you, anybody what you're else. Doing. <laughs> yeah, don't peek over the neighbor's fence and see if they have if the grass is greener on the other side. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Just stay focused on what you're supposed to be doing. Then we can hit the mark. Then we can be effective. Then we can be giving life to those around us. And that doesn't mean you don't get to try a bunch of different right. things. Right. But also, don't be upset or don't feel like you've missed out. Don't have that FOMO kick in, the mm -hmm. fear of missing out just because you said no to something. Yeah. There are going to be an abundance of opportunities for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You can always try again, mm -hmm. you know. And so when you say no to something, it doesn't even mean no, I'm never going to do this, which is kind of what we think is like, well, if I tell them no now, they're going to be extremely disappointed. They'll never ask me again. It just means not right now. Yeah. So when we decide what is crucial and life-giving to us, then the yeses and the noes become the right decision and your life is filled with what it's supposed to be and not all the extra stuff. And I challenge you, if you're struggling with comparison, do a simple first action, cut out social media. <laughs> yeah. Even pick like, I'm going to do this for a month and put something else instead, that book that you've been waiting on reading. I did this a few years ago and I haven't looked back. I text my family directly directly pictures that I want to send instead of just sending them to social media to a bunch of people that don't care and a very few amount of people that do care. Yep. Or a, sh or a shared photo album. Yeah. I, I saw we've you done that too. put one mm -hmm. of those together recently. We did yep. that with the group that went to Costa Rica for mm -hmm. our missions trip. That's another fun That's way. That's way better than dumping it all yeah. on social and media. And then it's in an album shared with just the people that participated, which yep. is so much more 
helpful and appropriate. Yeah, and every time that you look at those pictures, it reminds you of a physical thing you did together, mm-hmm. yep. and it reminds you of the feelings that you had when the mm-hmm. oxytocin and the yep. serotonin kicked in. And so you're like, oh, I want more of that. And it reinforces yes, that positive habit. Yeah. And that's an incredible way to build relationships in a deeper way with those that you want to be connected with. Because, for example, the shared album we have from Costa Rica, I could go back in today and make a comment and all those people, there would be like a little icon or something that would show like, oh, something's changing in here. Mm-hmm. And they could all go in there or whoever does go in there would see it. And they also could have those positive hormones re reignited in their brain, which is really cool. Yep. We have also made other changes in the last year besides the virtual music lessons. Now, I wanted to mention this. We just talked about the power of in-person face-to-face and we're just saying we're doing virtual piano lessons. Now, but what's the purpose of the piano lessons? Exactly. That's exactly it. Where the value is not necessarily in the face-to-face, I'm in the same room with you. Mm-hmm. We have found that they're, they have actually done incredibly well in this platform. Yes. And it has not hindered their lessons at all. Nope. So just to mention that. But no organized sports for the summer has been really, really great. And we've actually added in karate lessons at our home for mm-hmm. three of our boys with a young woman at the church that just got her second degree black belt. And she's, she's just, basically a ninja. Yeah. She, yeah. She's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's been really fun. And we did do a basketball court in the backyard. And our oldest son, who is the one that loves basketball the most, he's out there every day for a long time <laughs> yep. practicing, doing his drills, shooting around. And that has been really, really great. Yeah. Let's go back to the music lessons here for a second, because um, I think maybe there's a there's a chance that you are doing music lessons for some of the group interaction stuff. The lessons that we were in with the Yamaha program, that's kind of what it's built off of, mm-hmm. is like you take these lessons together. But those weren't the relationships that we necessarily wanted to build. That's not saying those relationships weren't important, but we, you can only have so many close relationships. Yeah. You can only have so many close friends. So for us, the close ones are going to be family members and they were going to be church family. Uh, and so we made the choice that, well, that's nice. But really what we're looking to get out of this is we want to develop our children's skills mm-hmm. as musicians. Yes. And even more importantly, I play on the worship team at church. Worship is a big thing for us. So it, we wanted to bring the spiritual aspect to it too. So it's not just the music. Uh, yeah, like the, not just the music theory. theory exactly. Not that just the technical skills. skill. Yeah. So in that sense, you know, it's an opportunity to take lessons from these people who there's no way we would have yeah. been able to if mm-hmm. we had to do it in person. So it's a yeah. new way of, of doing things. But if you're going to prioritize the relationship, then yeah, you don't want to do it mm-hmm. via Zoom. Uh, And I think also the other things on this list are kind of chosen because we want to prioritize the relationships Mm -hmm. kind of specifically for our family. Yep. You know, so that's why you said the no organized sports. Why is organized sports not the right thing in the summer? It's because we're constantly running around from place to place and we prefer to just all be home and Mm -hmm. together. (laughs) And it gives us freedom to invite families over. We've been having people over a lot. Um, it's been a few times a week even 
It's Some, hard for this introvert, but sometimes we have it's been. <laughs> me having a mom and her kids over for a play date while Mike's working. Sometimes it's we have a whole family over on a Friday night and have a meal together and play. And it's been really, really fun. It's helped reinforce relationships for all of us. And it was something that we were starting to prioritize back when things got shut down. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if we mentioned it on this podcast. Maybe we did at the very beginning. The whole idea of the kibbutz yeah. and how we had bought new living yeah. room furniture specifically so that we could facilitate <laughs> intentional conversations with a couple specific families. Mm-hmm. And we have been able to build those relationships, but it's had to had to look a little bit different. Uh, but that is kind of the theme for us is the importance of the relationships. Even for me as an introvert who would prefer <laughs> to just sit home and talk to no one and read my books, <laughs> I understand the value of yeah. the relationships. Oh, and so I've can push past my preferences and engage. And and when it's the right thing in the right way, then I always feel good about it. I feel like someone has given me life as Mm -hmm. opposed to just like sucked it out of me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because personality, we each have a personality, but that can never be used as an excuse not to do what's right or what's going to get us to where we want to be. One other thing on the topic of the relationships for people who are interested in this sort of thing, should totally read The Art of Gathering by Pride Parker. Oh, yeah. That's a great book. Yeah, (laughs) I think we have mentioned that. I know we've mentioned that, actually, because one of our listeners was so inspired that they they had people over to their house, and they text me, and they're like... What, do you have any ideas for some questions we could ask when we have this family over? And so I did suggest one and she's like, oh, that's great. And then it kind of inspired her to spin off and do some more questions. Awesome. Which is really fun. But yeah, that book can help you create the right kind of get together, whether it yes. is, you know, a couple of people mm-hmm. or a large conference. Yeah. There's no, a lot of different ideas in that book. It's very good. I've actually applied that in a lot of ways that has come more naturally whether it's at a birthday party where let's all say our favorite thing about the birthday boy or whatever it may Mm be, or just different things, applications like that, really making the most of whatever interaction that you have and not just doing small talk constantly and not having a meaningful conversation. Yep. Another, We've mentioned this a lot, but adding in the man school, which is Mike's discipleship he does with our boys, teaching him what a man of God is. That has been incredible. That is my favorite change in the last year. And then a lot of board games as a family because yep. we're giving our our family time and space to do these fun things. Yep, those are really fun. Another way we have changed things is how we've worked out mm-hmm. because our gym was shut down initially and then we weren't quite confident going back yet. So you added in a rowing machine at home and some different routines. You bought me a bike last year, which is really great. (laughs) And we recently just rejoined because we found that I do much better working out regularly when I can do a class because I am extremely social and I am energized by being around people. So working out left to my own devices at home is not very effective because I'm not very motivated. Yeah, well, this is kind of interesting because before stuff got shut down, you were taking classes at the gym. Yeah, I would work out three to five times a week. Well, it was sort of hit or miss, though, at the end because you were getting frustrated with some specific things in some of the classes. You're like, I don't even know if I want to go anymore. And then you're like trying some other stuff. And then when when you went back, it was a very – I'm putting words in your mouth now, but it seemed like it was a very positive – uh, experience all of the the little nitpicky things 
that were bugging you before mm. like didn't matter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of a reset in terms of, of that uh, because you had to try some different things. And then I think that's one of the uh, effects of having to change is you kind of don't realize what you have until it's gone. Yeah, it's very true. Recognize that with our in-person church meetings, right? It's yeah. like, oh, I really miss being with everybody. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you would have told me before as an introvert, like I wouldn't have thought I would have missed it as much as I did. Yeah. Because that is very much in line with my natural personality. Mm -hmm. But I guess what I'm saying is you can't replace that and there's that intangible that you can't even measure mm -hmm. when you are person to person and i'm kind of hoping that we don't lose that i feel like everybody is very appreciative of the fact that we do get to do some yeah. of these things together now and i just hope it isn't short-lived and six months from now people are backbiting and picking on little things again yeah because right now it's like that stuff doesn't matter so yeah. Again, get back to like what's essential. Let's keep the main thing, the main thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we don't, yeah, like you said, we don't know what we have sometimes until we lose it. And it has been interesting to see what has transpired over the course of time from things being completely shut down to things reopening. And now for us personally at our church, it's pretty much back to how it was before. Yep. And the life you see in the children. Mm -hmm. the the conversations you see between people it i feel like it's already made an incredible impact in the last few weeks we all feel so much more connected mm -hmm. but even with that there are things that we are doing differently it's not exactly the same we didn't just go back to the way things were and i think that's the big takeaway from all of this is wherever you find yourself whatever the parameters are around your life, the rules you have to play with, you need to be asking yourself, what is the best I can do with what I have? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, I have these tools or I have this vision for my life. What are the things that I can put in that will bring me life that I can turn around and give life to others? So if you give the picture of like a continual life-giving stream, mm -hmm. that is what life is like when we are truly living on purpose, when we are really living our life with what is essential to us. Yeah. You know, you talk about the stream, like a river, there's a source and inlet there's... And an outlet. Yeah. <laughs> and when there isn't that constant inflow and outflow, it's no longer a river, mm -hmm. it's a reservoir. Ooh, yeah. Another word for reservoir, cesspool. Ooh, <laughs> lovely. Yeah, when there is no outflow, stuff gets stinky. Backed up. Yep. Yep. So... <laughs> Uh, kind of bringing it all the way back to the beginning of the episode. You know, if you want someone who is going to sow life into your life, then you should be looking to sow life into somebody else's mm -hmm. life. The minute that you have a release, that's when you have capacity for something else to be poured into you. Yes. What a man sows, that will he also reap. Exactly. So the things that you want in your own life, start sowing those types of seeds. It's a principle and it works. We have mm -hmm. seen it over and over in every area of our life. Yep. So hopefully you're inspired to have your life be a stream, a life-giving stream where there is an inlet where you are putting in the things that are essential to your life and you are giving out life to those that are around you, identifying what is most crucial to you and your family. So what are some changes you can identify? Hopefully you were able to pick out one or two that you can intentionally change. Stopping social media. 
that is a big one for me that I encourage others to try. Thanks for listening to the Intentional Family Podcast. We can be found at intentionalfamily.fm. Until next time, join us in living life intentionally. Thank you.